Hey, hey, Podnotians, welcome to the Mini PC Show, episode 114. Uh, I need to update my list of Patreons, uh, so we're going to roll back and we're going to say thank you again to John Hollinger, a uh, longtime Podnut supporter and really nice guy and a uh, tractor trailer driver. Uh, I will say, the nicest people I think I've met in my life have been tractor trailer drivers, and I don't think that's an accident. Um, so I will update the list, and next week we will thank some new Patreon people. I also want to say thank you to Red and Chatter for hopping in on the YouTube chat, and I want to thank Brett for hopping on. How's everything going, Brett? It's going pretty, going pretty good. Um, just uh, been working way too much and uh, trying to have a little bit of fun. How about you? What's going on with you? Oh, I'm doing okay. I'm almost afraid to ask you, how's the weather out there? It's hot. Yeah, I think the one thing I saw, and I don't know if it was real or not, it said uh, it showed a picture of cones in the streets of L.A., and the bottom of the orange cones literally melted. You know, I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't know if that's real. I haven't tried it yet, so, although it was 118 out here two days ago. Gotcha, gotcha. Your audio is a touch, I don't know, it's weird. When you, after say a couple words, it almost sounds like, uh, like um, wavy or something, I don't know. Okay, I'll see if I can mess that real quick. Okay. Uh, I want to again say to everyone, if you want to support us on Patreon, you can click on the notes and you can go right there or you can go to patreon.com slash mini PC show. Um, this is a link light week is the way that I'll put it. And I don't know why, uh, but I will. I do want to say a quick Pine phone update. Um, now I know three people who have Pine phones um, and the one guy wants to put i3 desktop on the pine phone which if you know lennox at all you know he is very hardcore no touch interface at all it's going to be only keyboard driven which will be quite challenging i have to imagine um i love the fact that um i'd boat into ub ports on the emmc or uh mobian on the sd card i love how it always updates itself it prompts me do you want to restart now and update and all the updates have been going unbelievably smooth um all the interfaces are still just a touch laggy, uh, but I am shocked at the basic things that I can do pretty easy with it. Uh, the Bluetooth keyboard on it, when I connect, I'm able to actually treat it like a computer computer. And I did find on the Pine Phone Wiki tweaks, there's a way via code you can enable USB-C to, pa to pass video through it. I do have a hub. USB-C hub, but I'm not able to That's get it nice. to work right. You know, when I get that to work right, then I know I'm on to something. Yeah, um, if you need help with that, let me know. I have uh, I have a couple ways, I think, of doing that, but I'm pretty sure it's Linux-based, if I remember right, because it's it's all through the uh, through the Pi, through the Pi 4. Gotcha, gotcha. And I want to say, um, I'm still trying to figure out uh, USB hub uh, like chipsets and what diff differentiates all the models and I'm not having good information. I'm not doing hardcore research yet, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be like all the low-end models are using this type of chipset. All the mid-range ones are using this kind of chipset. And I think that's going to be one of the like standards that I figured out. Yeah, probably because yeah, the chipsets are, there's not too many, but they're, but the prices are, are way different, I guess you could say. Yeah, and then one link I wanted to absolutely bring up with you here, Brett, it was uh, 190 in the notes. Um, and I'm really not even sure how this is even pronounced is the way that I'll put it. I'm going to say it's Phoenix Linux is what I believe. Um, as soon as you go there, you have to make sure you click on the correct language or else you're in for a very bad time. 
Um, yeah. Okay, this is trying to be the most sleekest, modernist, um, crispest is the way I'll put it, desktop, full, a full, legit desktop on the Raspberry Pi. I do believe this came over my stream from the um, ETA Prime videos, I believe. Um, and I will say this, it is unbelievably attractive looking. Yeah, it is. Um, I was actually just talking earlier and uh, I just installed Windows XP on a, on a virtual machine and I, I miss how easy and how unobtrusive it is to install Windows XP on a computer, but uh, this has quite a few different types of windows. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, and there's one that literally looks like it's trying to be a three-dimensional desktop, which kind of, you know, okay. Um, they also do clearly show Steam running uh, on this, and they and they and it does have the ability to mimic. Um, I want to say Windows 95, uh, Windows 98, Windows XP, uh, Windows 7, Windows 10, Mac OS X, and I think one or two more. Um, but I still am running the Nighthawk edition, which is now I believe called the, Twister. The Twister one, yeah, I like that. I'm, I'm still, still running good with it. Well, everything seems to be running fine, is the way I'll put it. My Chromium browser, every now and then I have to just reload the tab. It, like, crashes, and it isn't consistently doing it. Some sessions I come down here for hours, and it just runs fine. Um, I'm still hoping and praying I'm going to be able to get that Steam running on it just for giggles. This distro also promptly shows uh, Steam and RetroArch on it as well. Um, oh, that's I'm, nice. But I'm sure... No one distro is going to do Steam running without everybody else doing it like the very same day. Yeah, I'll see. I see what you mean there. Yeah, very true. Now, quick tangent. Um, I mentioned RetroArch, and I have to say this just out loud. Uh, and this again was an ETA Prime video. I'm ninety nine percent sure. Um, somehow, RetroArch is coming to Steam, and what is going to happen is you are going to buy. RetroArch. It's basically you're just contributing to them because they have no money. Um, and then I believe it was free DLC would be each emulator. You have to go find the games yourself. That's kind of nice. I like that. Here's the kicker, though. They also have network play enabled to where you basically just invite your Steam friends. So quite literally, we could be playing uh, GoldenEye 007 from uh, uh, Nintendo 64 with other people around the world who don't know, you know, how to configure routers and IP addresses and stuff like that. So that could be phenomenal. Yeah, that would be great because um, if I recall right, the only, um, the, only the only version of anything that is able to do that is uh, the old, it's not uh, RetroPie, but it's the other one, the other one that I used to use that has it enabled and, and works pretty well, but you also had to have it on also a Raspberry Pi running the same distro. So having it on Steam would be really nice because like you said, you didn't have to you wouldn't have to have everyone running the same thing and knowing how to do everything. Yeah, I want to say it was uh like two of them had it available. You had to like go and like flick a switch and then then there was the one that you ran. I want to say Baculera had it installed by default, but I think Sarah, that worked. was it, yeah. Yeah, but I think it only really worked with NES uh, and and you had to have the exact same ROM file as well, if because you know there's U.S. version, Japanese version. Yeah. So if you didn't have the same exact version, it wouldn't work either. Um. So 
that could be, you know, a game changer for people who like retro gaming is what I'll say. And the more I watch of these videos of this Phoenix uh, Lennox or Phoenix Lennox, uh, the more I am damn impressed by the polish on this thing. Yeah, I'm looking at the videos and stuff, and it's just, it's beautiful. It's it's really nice. Um, in fact, there's a there's a PC version that I'm looking into because, because uh, you know, I have the I have the big server, so running a running a VM of it would be kind of nice. And I also have the the Pi Four, but doing both would be interesting to see the comparison. Yeah, and, and again, the beauty of these single board computer systems is you don't have to worry about erasing your hard drive and losing everything and finding out this next distro that you're trying isn't as good because quite literally you just go buy another three to five dollar micro sd card then you just swap them out yeah they're getting so cheap nowadays aren't they yeah and i will say um i'm still stubborn stubborn is the word stubborn as hell i do not want to buy bigger than 32 gigabyte cards because i know every purchase of a 32 plus gig gigabyte card is um going to bill gates uh formatted with exafat and yes going to microsoft hey rich hey guys how's it going good how are you good good had to run a impromptu errand so i apologize no worries no worries trust me i understand um i was terrified that i wasn't even going to be able to do a show because my wife didn't even leave work until past eight o'clock and no, she's not an hourly employee. She's a salaried employee. So you uh, know. that's why it works that way. Yeah. Um, really quick. I can't remember if I gave an update or not. So I'm gonna give one more update. And this is this $11 HTMI dongle um, technically works. It's going to require, I think, a little bit of effort and tweaking to get it to be like 30 frames a second. Uh, the first couple tests I've tried to do, I can get it to like 15, 30 frames. No, I got it to 15, and I want to say 20-something frames a second, but I want to get it to at least 30 frames a second. If I do that, I will feel happy. So just in case people are audio only, Door is holding an HDMI dongle that works on Linux. Well, it works on everything, and, the, and it's bandwidth impaired because it's only USB 2. So that's mm -hmm. why you it that's why I'm believing you cannot get 4K 60 frames a second. So no. so that's a that's a uh, a recorder or there we go. Yeah, it is a video camera. Okay, cool. I'll have to look up on that one because I've been looking for I've been I haven't followed you as much as I used to, but uh, at least not for that. But yeah, I uh, I need to get one. Where'd you pick that up, Dor? Uh, I shared the link with you and Brian. Uh, I want to say literally, you can get it on Amazon right now for I want to say it was like eleven ninety nine. Because if it's Amazon, I'll pick it up for eleven bucks. Because it's great for when you're doing install videos instead of trying to record a monitor. Well, yeah, and the best part about it is recording it like that. You're not going to um, uh, change the speed of the operating system itself. Oh, right, right. Okay, on the fly, doing this quick. Yeah, I literally searched for $11 HDMI adapter. I thought that was how I found it the last time. I'm trying $11 uh, HDMI recorder adapter. Nope. I will go through the notes, and I will find it. I will oh, make sure the link's in this something. show. Uh, buying options. So it's Grace USB 2.0 video capture device card, and it's 1099 Plus two ninety eight shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're getting me. I bought it. Could be worse. Could have bought it from Hong Kong and then have to wait, you know, three months for it. Oh, I don't know. Where did it say it's coming from? 
I didn't notice. You you got yours quick, right? Oh, uh, I want to say it was less than a week. Wow. Okay. Oh, and can I interject here since I barged in so rudely? What's up? Well, oh, that didn't sound warm and fuzzy. Uh, <laughs> I got my comma AI. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I I fired it up. Uh. So with the comma AI, and, and I'm probably, so I'm pimping my YouTube channel a little bit. So I'm probably going to do a series on uh, the process. But the comma AI is a dev kit. So I guess that's how they get out of the legal responsibility for what you do with it. You have the option to put on uh, their software. So, but you have to type the URL in. It's like, do you want to use the stuff that doesn't drive your car? Or do you want to use the stuff that drives your car? Well, if you're going to hack the device, you have to type in their URL. And that's pretty much it. So no big deal getting it ready to go. Uh, so I have it ready to plug into the vehicle that I'm going to be buying in Santa Fe, New Mexico in autonomously driving back. That's awesome. Um, I will say I've watched easily 20 to 30 hours of George Holt's uh, stuff here in the last year year and a half um i like his methodology is the way that i'll put it um he he believes that if you have code with nothing but if statements you're going to crash and kill people um he, he claims that he knows of a much better way to do it where you actually like because he's already has i want to say like it was over like five hundred thousand driving mile hours uh from people who bought in early and put it in his and um are just feeding him information mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah because he was selling modules that did pretty much nothing other than learn uh so that that was like i don't know if that was the chauffeur or uh so there were modules that didn't do anything that didn't influence the actions of your car they just kind of read the road yeah, right there on the web page, they are they already have collected twenty five million miles worth of data. Yeah, and I've I've been watching some videos comparing it to a Tesla, um, and I, it's pretty darn good. I'm I'm just real excited, and I've seen some older videos on it, and they show some of the things it didn't do so good. You know, it still worked, but didn't do it perfect. Like. It was over to one side of the lane or not, and now the newer software's uh, doing better. So it's I'm I'm pretty psyched. I'm pretty psyched and excited. So I wonder if I can hook this up to my RV. I, I don't think so. <laughs> it's from 1977, so I, I don't think it will work. Well, but uh, have, have you ever watched Bad Obsession Motorsports, Brett? I have not. Okay, my absolute favorite fabricator YouTube channel is Bad Obsession Motorsports. And it's amazing the work they do. Now, if you had their skills, yes, you'd be able to do it. But as like my skill, your skill, uh, maybe not. I don't know if I, I don't know if I should take that as a challenge. Oh, here's what I, here, I, I, I kind of like once in a while just saying things going out on limbs. I'll put it like this: It wouldn't shock me if this is one of the first companies that offer a driver assist that actually lowers insurance premiums. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now... Well, well, that's one of the things I'm wondering. I haven't checked yet, but uh, we're we're going to be trading in one car or selling one car and replacing it. And I'm wondering if we're going to get a lower rate because this has the adaptive cruise control, which pretty much means you, it's almost... It makes it super hard to get into a front-end accident. 
Right. Um, and what I'll say is I think that they're also doing a much better job marketing this versus Tesla. Um, Tesla calling it autopilot makes people think it's an autopilot, which <laughs> it isn't. Um, what this really tries to be is a companion, a assistant to your driving, nudging you, keeping an eye on your eyes, helping you with lane changes and things like that. Uh, my, what, what I'll say is I don't perceive this is supposed to be a completely autonomous driving system. Well, basically, if you're on the road and going straight, it, you know, assists you to keep in the lane, pretty much, you know, and, and it handles the adaptive cruise control portion. So it, it does a lot of nice things. Also, if you're in bumper to bumper traffic on the way to work, which I don't know if anybody will ever experience again, it, it'll handle that. Oh, I already experienced bumper to bumper already. Well, I, again. Just, oh, recently? It's horrible. Yeah. yeah, it's horrible. California's supposedly the worst, yet they're back to bumper to bumper traffic already. Dude, you're in California? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh yeah, it's pretty uh, interesting. Yeah, I knew you were out that way. I didn't think you were in California. Yeah, I'm out I'm out right by the all the big fires. We're fine. Get but, some marshmallows. You know, yeah, I know, huh? Well there's soot all over the cars, everywhere. Are are you gonna do a gender reveal or have they made that illegal? Speaking of which, my uh, cousin's pregnant, so uh, we may be able to get that in before uh, before they make it illegal. You know, a start non another flammable fire. explosive. Oh no, region. it'll be flammable, but uh, we'll try not to start a big fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, well, what I'll say is, uh, I completely lost train of topic. Um, I'm just excited because here's what I like about this comma AI system: it isn't monopolized by any one company. His real goal was to put it out there and allow, you know, like dealerships to offer it as like an add-on kind of package. And if anybody knows the car business, that's where everybody makes their money. Um, and what you need is, I want to say you have to have adaptive cruise control. And I want to say it's like um, your car has to meet certain ability requirements to literally like control the steering wheel, control the brakes, control the gas, control the turn signals, control all the systems. And I do believe uh, this model year, I think they said that they covered almost like 30 to 40% of all new vehicles. Oh, wow. Yeah. So basically, if the car can steer, brake, and accelerate, you pretty much have what it needs uh, because it, it spoofs the CAN bus uh, to give it controls. Uh, and, and that's how it works. Yeah. And I'll say the wife went back to work, I want to say, full-time May and every day, bumper to bumper. But it's Baltimore, Maryland, where, where there's incredibly mm. old highway infrastructure. And, you know, even if we have half traffic, it's still bumper to bumper. Dude, you, you should become a refugee from your home state like I did. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not gonna say no, but because uh, it wouldn't shock me if when she decides to retire, she would like to live closer to Disney. Dude, why does anybody want to go to Disney? I, I, I went there for the first time a couple of years ago, and uh, maybe it was just that it was the middle of June, and you know, birds were bursting into flames as they flew by. Uh, but yeah, I, the the amount of cash that flew out of my wallet was like I was at a gun show, you know. You pay a premium. It's like going to Ruth Chris Steakhouse. It's it's because you're sick and tired of Outback. 
That's Dude, pretty I, good I, to recruit. I haven't been to Ruth's Chris in years, and, and I love it. And I there's a waiter there I love. I hope he's still there. But uh, yeah, we we have been back in years because I I buy my stuff at uh, Costco and I'll cook up a killer filet mignon. I'm looking at this uh, Comet AI stuff and uh, um, also at that uh, that that YouTube that you showed me, and um, I think because. Uh, I was able to get a um, an ECU from AEM that is completely controllable and completely uh, um, is completely customizable. I think there might be an option. There might be some way that I can make this work. And I just sent a uh, message to my buddy at AEM to say, "Hey, do you think we could uh, do this? Do you think this could be a thing?" Because I think that would be awesome. Does that ECU have CAN bus, and you're going to need throttle by wire, and you're going to need a way to brake and steer? The only thing I don't have is brake and steer. So um, the drive by wire it has an option for that, and I think it also has um, outputs for um, brake by wire also. But mm -hmm. the steering I wouldn't I wouldn't really care so, care for doing anyway. But but it'd just be uh, it'd be neat to be able to show it as what? a. Yeah, I'm wondering if there's any off-the-shelf racks uh, that have that component on them that you could bolt in. Well, not for this RV. This RV is a uh, it's a Tornado. Um, oh, Tornado. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, so it's a, a it's a GMC RV. So it's a, a 455 Oldsmobile engine with a 425 turbo hydromatic transmission. It used to be. Now it's a uh, 502. 8.1, uh, no, it's the Mercruiser, whatever, the uh, the GMC, uh, or the Chevy uh, Marine block. Fuel, fuel injection, okay. all uh, all kinds of stuff, and that's why I was able to get that uh, that uh, ECU to work. Okay, yeah, God bless you. There, there's two things I never want to deal with again, and one is carburetors, and two is distributor caps. I'll agree with that. Yeah, this is all... Uh, yeah, the carburetors I never never got used to. Um, I'm I'm actually learning how to tune ECUs, and that was one of the reasons why I bought this was because um, we just fin my dad just finished um, doing a Camaro, a Copo Camaro, and the engine is a um, the engine is a whatever the Copos are, but it's 1,400 horsepower supercharged, and instead of learning how to tune on that i decided to get one for my rv so i don't blow up a forty thousand dollar engine so yeah it's uh it's going to be a beast but uh yeah very cool very cool uh and one link i wanted to put in here just to make sure was by the top was line 192 in the notes um basically it is a article on medium which i'll say i have very mixed feelings about that website um it's kind of uh, I'd say sometimes a painful website, um, but I do like the fact they actually have some long form articles that seem well written. Um, I used to be the guy who would say I didn't care about 64 bit systems uh, because I didn't. Um, the main reason to use a 64 bit system back in the day was because you wanted more to address more RAM. Uh, then everyone basically admitted the RAM limit on most 32-bit operating systems was, was a glass ceiling. It was fake. It wasn't real. You can actually push the limit up to, I want to say it was 82 gigs. Um, so then back in the day, I said there's really no reason to go 64-bit. And the reason 
to go was you did get a small amount of speed improvement just because of the larger bus. Now in a Raspberry Pi, that increase is more dramatic only because you're already at such a lower speed rate compared to x86 computers. Um, and still, it's not easy to get 64-bit operating systems on the Raspberry Pi, which I swore as soon as this one came out, everybody was going to make their OS 64-bit. Uh, but there's an article here on Medium uh, basically telling you how to go through and get an actual true 64-bit operating system on your Raspberry Pi. And I will say, uh, when I did it, and just did a little bit of a comparison, I thought I saw a difference. I thought I felt a difference. I wasn't positive, uh, but it felt like it. Yeah, realistically, if, if you can go 64-bit on your single-board computer, definitely go for it. Yeah, that, and I want to say there was another tweak you could do, which was a tweak to the um, uh, SD card bus driver in the boot any where supposedly if you did both of them changes, oh, okay, right. then you would get like i don't want to say desktop like performance because that's a definite over exaggeration but you would get better performance if you also had a high-end sd card which most people don't most people cheap out and get the cheapest sd card and then wonder why you know stuff slow and oh, stuff crashes you do that you overclock the uh, cpu and gpu and uh yeah you're you're getting up there yeah, I. Uh, that's one thing I learned very quickly is don't cheap out on a uh, on an SD card if you're gonna be using the uh, the Raspberry Pis at least you know a little bit. You know, it's it's much better to get you know at least I usually go with the U3 ones, and I know that doesn't really make that much of a difference between the U1 and the U3 because of the speed, but I think now it kind of can because uh, because of how far the four has come. Yeah, and to be honest, the price difference uh, is now becoming like so minimal. My logic is you might as well get a better one. Um, I always get U3. I try to get SanDisk Ultra. Um, they have the, the silver and the gold models. I try to get the gold when I can, but the silver for my use cases are just fine. If you want to use it as a desktop at all, then you really should invest in a better SD card. If you just want to use it as like a... 3d printer print server you can go with basically any sd card yeah um i actually really like the samsung's believe it or not and the pny's they're the pny's actually really surprised me with their their elite x whatever um they're almost as good as the sandisk but uh they used to be a lot cheaper but i think now everything's about the same price Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. I've, yeah, I've had too many PMY thumb drives fail on me. That's why I was really surprised that none of them failed on me yet, and I've been using them nonstop. Yeah, it was line uh, 194 in the notes, I believe, um, and it's a uh, Linux patch proposed. Um, it's, of course, waiting in the pipeline, uh, but if it does, it can double the Raspberry Pi 4 transfer speed to EMMC slash SD uh, storage. That was That's the um, link crazy. I saw. Um, well, I mean, anybody who knows anything about computers, hardware, software, life cycles, de development cycles, 99% of the time, everything gets better, more efficient, sleeker, trimmer, faster, more competent. Of course, unless your name is Microsoft, everybody else gets better and faster and lighter. Um, so it 
to me, it just makes perfect sense that as the Raspberry Pi 4 ages, it should only get faster and snappier with better firmware, better drivers, better support. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, like you said, as with anything, it, it should just keep getting better. And that's what I'm hoping too. Yeah, because I, I still have that like little bit of a dream in my head where I would like to be able to make a affordable uh, like bar top arcade cabinet or uh, actually what my buddy said would probably be the best bet for me would be because my m- physical making skills are like that of a, you know, somebody who got bumped in the head too many times. He said what might be best for you is to literally buy a used arcade cabinet. Oh, cool, right. I would agree just... with that. That would be even good for anyone because it's annoying working on the wood. Uh, yeah, and I'd cut my finger off. Uh, but also, I would like to have like the real authentic CRT type monitor too. Yeah, and I think you can uh, you can run a I think you can run a CRT monitor off of a Raspberry Pi, can't you? Pretty easily. I want to say or yes. an HDMI adapter. Yeah, but oh, if wait, you're a wait, is, is it is it doing analog out the mic jack? There's a. There's a TV out on the uh, there's a video out on the Raspberry Pi Zero W. I know that, and it's it's away from the uh, from the 40 pin jack. But I don't know. I I guess it is doing output, is it? Well, I do believe that they in the I believe it was Raspberry Pi Two combined composite video with the analog audio into that right. single jack. Yeah, I I I think that's correct. Okay. Um, I will say, uh, Pinebook Pro still running like a champ. Still, just really good. Um, updates perfectly fine. Debian to the external monitor. That's my computer I use to monitor the live stream and chat. Um, that's on the SD card. When I pop out the SD card, I'm still running Manjaro on it, and I am not the guy who traditionally likes Arch whatsoever. I'm pretty impressed at how snappy the thing is running. Um. Now it looks like a elementary OS is looking to uh, add support onto the Pinebook Pro. And I will say, if that's, if, you know, people don't know, that is a clear sign that a project is getting more support from the community. Because literally, I'm sure users said to elementary OS, why can't I run your operating system on this device? And they're like, what device? And this device I bought. And they're like, well, I never heard of it. Uh, so then, of course, the developers have to get their hands on one so they can code against it. Um, okay. And they're looking like they're going to do it. Is Elementary the Linux OS that's supposed to look like the Mac OS? I want to say yes. I will say it It tries to be a very visual-friendly distribution. Uh, I ran it like once for like a week, and then I said, I'm not going to run this one anymore. So I'll... the. I was using it for a little while. It, yeah, I think if it's elementary.io, um, I was using it for a little while, and then they weren't keeping up to date with the, because uh, it's, I think, Ubuntu underneath, or Debian underneath, and it was just a pain in the butt waiting for updates, and I just, I'm like, screw them. I'm just going to run, you know, Ubuntu. Yeah, it, it is uh, elementary.io. Hey. And look, this might be great. I, I don't want to throw, you know, whatever, you know, water on their fire or whatever. But this this may be very good for the pine. I would say, hey, what do you got to lose? Yeah, I would say more choice is good, even if it's choices I'm never going to run in my life. Yeah, there's always 
customization, you know, being able to use what you want is always, always a plus for me. Yeah, and I mean, I, and I don't want to try to insinuate that in three months or three years, Pine 64 is going to be bigger than the Raspberry Pi. Uh, you know, not even coming close to trying to insinuate that. But I will say, I'm pretty sure every year, Pine 64 has been getting more and more people who are like completely dedicated to the cause. Um, they have a Discord channel that I literally have to mute. I'm in the Discord channel for them, but I have to mute it because it does not stop all day and all night. People are in there. Now, it's all not developer-related. It's not all hardware-related. Some, some of it's just, you know, banter back and forth. But they got a lot of people around their um, software and hardware. Yeah, and I'll you, uh, speaking of hardware, 197 in the notes. Um, I had no idea, um, but it turns out, I want to say uh, Acer, Dell, Lenovo, and HP all have small form factor uh, type computers that are basically like nook size is what I'm going to say. Um, and I'll say I'm, I'm pretty impressed by some of them, not by their price, not at all, but I'm pretty impressed by some of them. And this one is an HP Z2 mini G5 just rolls off the tongue. Core um, i9. Ooh. Core, Core i9 is eight and a half inches by eight and a half inches by two, uh, two and a third inch. Uh, weighs about four pounds. This little thing is compact, and it has a, uh, and it supports up to an NVIDIA Quattro RTX 3000 graphics. Uh, yeah, with a, a, up to a Core i9 processor or a Xeon processor in it. Uh, fifth generation um, chip chipset. Um, I mean, if you really do need a portable powerhouse, this is a pretty good looking device and it says it'll cook two eggs and four slices of bacon in 15 minutes yeah and i i like when they like you take the lid off and they show you oh yeah there's basically two uh places where air is coming in and two places where air is coming out because yeah this thing will cook and, and i like the choice you can go as far down as an i3 processor so wow. really if you just want something compact that just works you get that if you want something compact that can run high-end video games, then you get the i9. Up to 64 gigs of RAM there, Rich. <laughs> That's something I always squawk about. So, yeah. Yeah, I look, it, if the price is right, uh, for me, so let's say the price wasn't right and it didn't matter. Uh, the, the next thing for me would be, like, noise and heat. Uh, I Maybe I'm an audio snob. I don't like to hear a whole lot of fan noise, and I have a small office that's hot enough as it is. And believe it or not, I can tell when my 3D printer's on because that's—I'm sure it's more the power supply generating heat than the actual, uh, you know, printer, you know, the filament heating that's going on. But uh, yeah, I, I don't need any more heat or noise in my office. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way, which is one of the reasons why my desktops are literally under my desk against the back wall to where there's no like direct line of sight to where I can hear them. And then everything else is running laptops where I'm not, you know, playing any games on them. So there's literally no noise coming from them whatsoever. Very cool. Very cool. Um, and we talked about the raspberry Pi 64 bit processor and it really is, it is a true 64 bit processor. Um, but I will say that, uh, the very last line, the notes, 200, uh, arm basically announced 
a new chip design that people can, you know, pay to base new chips off of. Um, that's the way ARM does their business. And they now have a um, Cortex R82 is their first official 64-bit real-time processor, which means that there's no emulation going on. There's nothing going on in the firmware taking the 32 bits and making it think like it's 64-bit. This is a actual, true, risk-based uh, 64-bit processor, which means when these prices come down, hopefully less than two years, we're going to see, I don't want to say a dramatic improvement, we're going to see a definite improvement overall in all aspects of single board computing. That'll be interesting. That'll be, uh, yeah, that'll be really good. Like you said, when the price comes down a bit. See, what I think is this is probably a big deal for AI. You know, let me use a phrase I hate. Edge AI is probably where this is geared towards. I'm going to guess there is also a GPU uh, release with this that's going to be big. Yeah, they they, uh, typically batch them together. Um, And it's going to have a very good discrete ability to turn cores on and off, which I will say is one of the huge heat saving techniques that ARM does and a uh, good way to limit resources. Like in the phone market, this is why in the last year and a half, maybe uh, two years, we've gotten such better battery life out of phones because our phones now have the big little core sets to where they can easily just use two cores instead of all four, which thus saves saves battery life um i look forward to having a raspberry pi type computing device that does that can easily run off basically um like micro usb usb c and doesn't need to have anything bigger than that yeah this is the kind of stuff i like seeing this is like the slow steady non-stop innovative pace in single board computing um and you know we've been doing this show for years and we've we've seen stuff being promised we've seen things come to fruition but the one constant is everything has gotten cheaper everything has gotten faster some of the things have gotten smaller um and i'll say i'm now more confident than ever saying um fanless mini desktop computers that actually perform like um like the average desktop is going to be soon an achievable thing yeah that that's that's going to be nice and it's going to be it's going to be fun it'll be interesting to say the least yeah, because I just love the idea of being able to, like, stick a computer in my pocket, go into work, pull it out of my pocket, and stick it in a dock, and I have an actual developer-grade, like, experience. Just just get a, uh, a Samsung. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm in trouble now. You're good. Um, I want to say I, I would love it if Dex had more competition. But I agree completely. None. Yeah, no, Dex and Dex, I have tried it, and it's not not the greatest. It's not the worst. It's definitely a neat idea. Um, speaking of which, I should be getting my um, next dock. I I ended up getting one of those uh, next docks. Pretty hopefully, I'll get one pretty soon. Um, I got the 14-inch touchscreen one because I'm a fan of touchscreens, and uh, if I can get that to work with a Raspberry Pi 4. Or anything else that upgrades, um, it'll be like our uh, our Moto, our lap docks, um, but hopefully a little little better. So we'll see if it works. But uh, I ordered it a long time ago and found out that it was uh, being shipped mid last month. I don't know if it's you know if it's here or not, but you know we'll see. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, Rich only has one question. 
Does it have a backlit keyboard? Yes. <laughs> there you go. It's so funny. Uh, you know, my wife had her PC die, her laptop, and she's like, make sure it has a backlit keyboard. Yeah, I don't think she has to worry about that. Yeah. 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 I actually have some uh, interesting little news for, uh, uh, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to plug a little, a friend of mine real quick, but uh, I have a friend that does Dreamcatchers. She uh, she makes Dreamcatchers and she sells all kinds of crystally thingies. And I always told her, I said, uh, let me show you what I can do with my uh, lights because I do LED lights and I just am obsessed with LED lights. So about a week ago, um, I finally got to show her what my LEDs can do. And uh, now she's going to, um, she wants to sell them. So uh, she uh, she has, she's going to some show this, this weekend. She said, order as many lights as you want and start making them. So finally have some place to show off my, uh, my random nerdy lights that, uh, I'll be honest, I've never seen a diffuser better than these, uh, these crystals that she, uh, these, you know, the, the natural stuff rather than the, the man-made, you know, diffuser panels and stuff. Now these, these look really nice. I'll have to, I'll have to send you guys some links, but, uh, but yeah, she's, I also suggest anyone look at the dream catchers cause they're like ridiculously intricate and crazy, but, uh, they're awesome. But anyway, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited about doing that because I can do my, uh, my little ESP 32 dev boards and the, uh, the led lights. So everything's on its own web server and, you know, you connect it to your phone and, or you connect your phone up to the, you know, thing and it's really easy to put together. So we'll see how it works, but, uh, I'm excited about that. Very cool, very cool. Uh, was there any other uh, mini PC kind of things you guys wanted to bring up? Not mini PC related, but I do have a uh, a RAM update. Um, I was able to put 266 gigs on my server. Excuse me? Yes, I know it's completely a, a, a yeah, it's completely unnecessary. But uh, now I have 18 terabytes. I have 20 core, 40 threads. I have um, an R RX 580 and 266 gigs of RAM. So, and and it's all in an RV. That's that's also so. Uh, yeah. I, that goes to the things that I keep quipping about: power, heat, and noise. I mean, how is that? Um, power. It, it it's it's a it's a little hungry, but it runs all my stuff. Um, it runs my entire RV basically. Um, heat, it is in a, um, it's in the where my propane tank used to be in my uh, in my RV. I took the propane tank out because I've had bad experience with propane in the past, and uh, so I put it all there. And as far as noise, all it's also you know outside, but I've never had a server that's so quiet because it's not a blade server. It it has just a nice big fan that isn't a tornado okay good good yeah it's you know it's it's a beast and and i have you know i have my home assistant which i run all my uh all my lights and all my automations off of i run my main pc i run multiple vms uh and then i have uh docker um i have a docker thing on it that runs a whole bunch of different things like my media server and all that fun stuff but okay uh, so what virtualization are you using 
Well, I use I use uh, Unraid. Unraid the uh, okay. Yeah, so I use that, and then so that has all the basically everything everything that I need, and I don't have to know too much, even though I'm trying to learn as much as I can. Does Unraid naturally support Docker, or you got to have a VM with Docker on it? No, it naturally supports Docker. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's that's... really neat. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's and it's got a whole web inter- interface, and and unfortunately, you can't run it on a mini PC yet, but uh, they're working on it. Okay, because you you can run Docker on a Pi. Yeah, but uh, but this whole um, this whole it basically what Unraid is is it runs off a USB drive on the server. And it runs in memory, and then it runs everything else um, bare bones. So I have I have uh, ten USB 3.0 um, uh, plugs in the in the PCIe. I have a I have an NVMe drive. You know, basically, I built this thing to where I wouldn't have to upgrade it for quite a while. So we'll see. But uh, the only thing I do want is one more big hard drive so I can because it has a, a parity option so you can do you know um, and I don't have anything on uh, backup yet so probably should do that but nothing is um, nothing on it is super important right now so that's why I'm not too worried about it very cool okay um Brett if people want to catch up with you what do you think is the easiest way for them to do that um Hanson 3d on Instagram or any of those, uh, I think that's only Instagram, but that shows all my random, random things and all my lights and stuff. Um, that's always what I enjoy doing anyway. But yeah, Hanson underscore 3D, H-A-N-S-E-N, um, should get me. Very cool, very cool. Uh, Rich, what's the best place for people to catch up with you? You can find me at uh, flyingrich.com on Instagram, flyingrichofficial, and YouTube. It's youtube.com slash flyingrich. I seriously don't think I have that custom URL handle thing. Um, but I digress. Uh, I'm just going to leave you with this. If you are interested in a Pine phone, uh, in less than I think it is two weeks, they expect that they're going to announce another batch is ready to be produced and you can pre-order your phone. It's going to be a Man Man Jaro Community Edition phone. Uh, 140 for the phone itself or 199 for the phone upgraded with three gigs of ram 32 gigs emmc and a official USB-C dock um something tells me just like everything else pine 64 makes if you don't catch it the day they go up on pre-order you're going to have to wait another month or two um so i just wanted to say that uh, just in case somebody was wanting one uh, and again, I'll say I want to thank everyone for their support. Thank everyone for downloading. Uh, we don't have any emails right now. Or once again, the email is broken and I don't know it. Uh, minipc at podnuts.com. I'll try to make sure I check that again to make sure it's up and running again. Uh, or And you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the minipc show. Uh, all the links are in the notes. Uh, and if you want to uh, just shoot the network an email, it's really easy. Um, mail at podnuts.com. Uh, I want to thank everyone for coming out to the live stream. And again, if you want to hang out and uh, on the live stream, you can follow us either on Twitter, Facebook, or join us on Discord. And we try to post links when we go live there. Um, with that said, I will talk to everyone again real soon about Big Talk and Little Machines. Hi, this is Matt from the MRP Tech Podcast. 
I would like to invite you all to take a listen to my show, the MRP Tech Podcast, on the Podnuts Network. The theme for my show is Everyday Tech for Everyday People. We talk about Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android, Chrome OS, and anything else technology-related. You can find us on iTunes, and you can find us by searching in any podcatcher. We hope you take a listen, and let us know what you think.